Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish Alabama or in the deep south, you know that it's different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, food sources, they ain't the same down here as in other parts of the country. At Great Days Outdoors Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern Outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. Welcome to the show, guys. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Hope you guys are having an awesome week. And, uh, man, got some crazy weather coming up through parts of Alabama right now. I'm actually sitting in Georgia. Where am I? Jasper georgia at a baseball field watching it rain straight down but it's a turf field so that's okay the rain will stop and hopefully we'll continue to play doing a little travel baseball this summer with uh, one of my kids and uh, enjoying that but hey this is not a baseball podcast this is a fishing podcast so let's get right to the fishing report for this week and let's start off segment number one with ken beard down on west point lake ken my friend how are you I'm doing good. Doing really good. Good. Appreciate you. Absolutely, man. Always look forward to you being on here with us. Well, I know you guys probably had a little weather coming through there lately as well. So how's the fish? Well, it's you know, fish change every time the weather changes. So you got to you got to adapt, you know, with the changing weather conditions. Um the fish are wanting to move out, you know, on the structure in the in the deeper areas, but the clouds tend to want to pull them back up, you know, and stay shallow. And um, so, like, uh, Monday I went out and, and I caught some really nice fish, and they were 12 to 18 foot deep on a, on a football head jig. And um, But then you have days like today where it's really, really overcast, and it poured down rain last night, so there's a little bit of water rising all that rain and and the cloud cloud all the cloud cover we didn't do quite as well today i had a veteran out today and i told him i sent him a screenshot they was a sure enough storm coming this way and it was about two hours before we were supposed to meet and um i said you sure you want to try this he said well we, we fished a little while you know so <laughs> i said well, whatever so and well a little while is all we did get you know, we we fished three different places, and of course he couldn't cast and wanted to hold the spinning rod upside down and everything. You know, <laughs> so I figured I figured the best thing to do is just drop shot on some road beds and stuff and just drag it along with the boat. You know, and so we we fished three road beds and um, uh, we we never even got a bite because that that storm was coming and. It was overcast and uh, drizzling rain every once in a while. And in those conditions, you need to be shallow, uh, throwing at a target, you know. And uh, right. So we were we weren't out there, but a couple hours. And I told him, I said, "Look, man, you know." And he brought 
a friend's 13-year-old son with him. I said, look, I said, you know, this storm's coming. I ain't going to be out here with somebody else's 13-year-old kid, you know. Right. You need to. And he just called me last night, you know, wanting to go. And I didn't have anything scheduled. So I said, yeah, we'll go. But I said, next time, you know, let's do, give me a, you know, about a week's notice. That way I can be on some fish and we can keep a check on the weather. So, you know, that happens every once in a while. It sounds like, you know, before that storm today, the fish kind of like it, the, the bite slow for you guys a little. Do you do you find that it's usually either better or worse before or after a storm? I have found, like, if it's supposed to storm on Wednesday, Monday will be your best day. It's not like right before as the storm approaches. Right. And I have had some good success after the storm, right after the storm passes. I've had those times when I've been on the lake and a you know, and fish aren't doing too much, maybe catching a little bit, and uh, all of a sudden a big cloud rolls up. You pull under somebody's boat dock, get out of the thundering and lightning and rain, and as soon as that rain's gone, it's like, man, they are, they're on fire. Yeah. So I've had that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that several times on several different lakes. So, And it depends on what kind. Like this storm that came today came from the southeast. You know, she's coming off that hurricane. It wasn't like a cold front coming from the northwest headed to the, you know, the southeast. Um, so if these clouds will move out of here tomorrow and the sun will pop back out, I think those fish, you know, that I was catching Monday, I think there'll just be more of them. Right. And it, it, structure fishing, to me, has never been quite as good when it's really heavy overcast. Uh, I've I've learned to just put that heavy jig down and the big crankbait down and and start fishing shallow for those largemouth. You've got two different kind of fish. You got fish that live shallow year round. He's not going to leave that shallow water uh, unless he just completely runs out of food or either they suck the water out, you know, from under him. And there's times that's the best fish to go fish for. The thing is with with those type of fish, you're you normally only going to catch one in that area, and then you're going to have to go find another area like that, you know, and catch that one. They're they're kind of loners, you know. They kind of live right. by themselves, and and then you have schools of fish that come in from the deep water and spawn and hang around and stay stay through the all the way through the shad spawn and the brim spawn, and then they start going back out to the structure. And that's, that's what I targeted Monday was the ones that started to move back out. Of course, Monday was completely sunshine, hot, you know, and we'd had the, all the boat traffic from the 4th of July weekend. So that tends to pull them back out, drive them out some too. So, But, you know, the storm just kind of messed us up today. They're, they're ready to get out, get out there on the deeper stuff. And well, and that's kind of where you do. like. That's kind of the that's the time of year that you that you really like too, isn't it? When the fish move out, school up. Yeah, everybody you know that fishes around here knows that they see me out sitting out there on the the road beds and the drop offs and stuff. And several of them over the years have mentioned, yeah, you you know you like fishing out there on that stuff, you know. And some guys don't. They they prefer to run to the backs of the creeks where it's, you know, waist deep and um, 
but now I, I still do that. I went last week. I run all the way in the back of Whitewater Creek. Where, I mean, you. I told the guy with me. I said, "Now, if you fall out, just stand up. Don't try to swim. <laughs> just know? stand up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because you know they thirty acres here that, that it's all waist deep. And but the problem is we've had so much clouds and rain that the grass is just not growing good in the back of those shallow creeks, you know. They're normally just tons of grass back there, and you can throw a skinny dipper and a frog and stuff and catch fish, but the grass was just not there. You know, the, the sun has to be out and penetrate to the water and to get it right. going. So it's been kind of strange. I mean, we've, we've had some great days that was just absolutely unbelievable, and then we've had some days that just we really struggled, you know, and, it's, well, it's that it's transition time of year, right? I mean, it's just, you've got fish that are yeah. transitioning and, and the water's warming up. Seems like, sure like this year, seem, like to me this year. Seems like to me it's a little bit late this year that them getting out there. Because normally Memorial Day weekend is when the I've caught some really big bags and won some big tournaments. Memorial Day weekend out there on this structure with the football head jig or either big crankbait and that just didn't happen during that period this year i was still up fishing around the brim beds and stuff like that uh, the right. brim were even late you know and but it, it seems that it, it seems like it's been that way all over the state i've heard that from 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 everybody it's like man everything is just you know we had a we had a, a little bit seemed like a longer spring a little bit cooler Longer, cool weather mm-hmm. there this year than normal. So everything's running a little bit late. It does seem like everything. Yeah, I actually camping the first of May, and man, it rained probably ten inches the first. I mean, I camped for two weeks, and that first week it probably rained ten inches. And as a couple times, we had to turn the heat on. You know, you know, at the first of May. So that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's been a different year with the weather. It has a little bit for sure. But it's warming up. That water's warming up, and those fish will get out there soon. So uh, we all know that. And, and you go to catch mm-hmm. them. So uh, you always do down there. Well, you know, I so appreciate the report. And and man, you know, one thing we we always love to hear from you is if somebody's coming in in the next couple of days, what would your tip of the day be? Yeah, just uh, try and fish the conditions. You know, if it's if if it's going to be overcast and cloudy all day long. You know, fish the shallow, fish shallow, fish uh, the outside riverbanks. But you know, you don't have to get get down there. You know, in no fifteen feet of water, they're they're going to be you know ten foot or less more likely. And then if it if there's a lot of sunshine and, and hot, and um, you want to get out on the big long points, some of them are marked with uh, cypress trees, some of them are marked with a, a white pole showing that this uh, you know a, they call it the show marker, and they were on that last week. I know some boys that, I mean, they caught like 30 doing that one day. Off, and they, they were just fishing the white, off the white poles, you know. They're just big, long underwater points that come out, poles there to keep people from running up on the shallow po- shallow points. So, like I said, right. the fish, they're wanting to be out there. They're, they're, they're getting there, so just fish the conditions until they get there, you know. That's a great tip, man. That's a very good tip. You know, the conditions, you know, how it is in Alabama, they constantly change. And so you got to keep an eye on that, keep that in mind. 
So, uh, hey, before I let you get out of here, man, tell people how they can get in touch with you and, and book a trip with you. Or if they're a veteran and they're listening, I know you do a lot with the veterans. You've got a program that you run there that is amazing. So uh, tell everybody how they can contact you real quick, Ken. Yeah, they can go on, on Facebook, Ken Beard and Fishing, and messenger me, uh, send a message that way. Um, they can go on KenBeardandFishing.com. And through Google, they they can send me a message. If they're a veteran, they can go on uh, the Veterans Fishing Organization on Facebook and uh, send me a message. Um, uh, the website is uh, vfohome.org, and they can actually go on there and sign up. And when they hit submit, they'll send it. That information will send me an email, and then I contact them back. And um, like I said, I. I've had several veterans who listened to the show that have came and, uh, you know, went fishing with One came all the way from Huntsville, Alabama, spent the day, and we we had a great time, caught a lot of fish. Well, that's we awesome, man. Wanna... I love, love hearing when people that listen to the show and listen to you guys on here uh, call y'all and book a trip and come get in the boat with you and, and have a good day and learn stuff because that's what this is all about. So uh, I love that feedback from you, so I appreciate it. And I'm always loving you, having you on here, Ken. And y'all give Ken a call if you're a veteran. He gave you that contact information. Or if you're somebody that just wants to go to Lake, uh, to West Point and uh, learn how to fish that lake and catch fish, Ken is the guy that can put it on you. So, Ken, I appreciate it, man. As always, stay safe out there and look forward to talking to you again soon, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, let's take 30 seconds and hear from some of our sponsors. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Sun South. Everybody loves the great outdoors, but let's face it, the heat can be brutal for never-ending summer projects. At Sun South, we get it. With fast and efficient John Deere equipment from Sun South, you'll spend less time sweating and more time doing. And with 0% financing up to 72 months on selected equipment at Sun South, you'll not only save time, you'll save money. And that's pretty cool. Do more and save more with John Deere from Sun South Equipment for those that do. Some restrictions may apply. See dealers and details. Expires July 31st, 2021. And brought to you by... Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. All right, guys, welcome back, and let's uh, let's jump straight into segment two. Love having this young man on, part of the Auburn fishing team, Jake Maddox, my friend. Jake, what are you doing, brother? Right now, I'm uh, tying up some uh, hair jigs for some smallmouth. We've got our uh, championship at the St. Lawrence River next uh, in a couple of weeks, so just getting kind of prepared for that, getting some smallmouth baits uh, organized and ready to rock. And, you, and where's that going to be at, the Potomac? Uh, the St. Lawrence River in New York. St. Lawrence, okay, in New York. Yes, Man, sir. how do you prepare? And and I know this is it's not the fishing 
you know, part of the fishing report that we're going to get to on Lake Martin. But how do you prepare for that? I mean, that's there's a lot of difference, I'm assuming, in, in fishing, you know, Lake Martin and, and lakes around Alabama and Gunnersville and Eufaula and all those and, and going up there to, to a New York lake uh, chasing smallmouth. It's, you know, a lot of preparation. I feel like we just got back uh, from Saginaw Bay on Lake Huron a couple of weeks ago for our Bassmaster College tournament. And I just felt like when I was up there, I kind of went into it knowing what I wanted to do. But once I got up there, I was pretty lost on the largemouth or on the uh, smallmouth side of things. So I ended up going to uh, fish for largemouth, came out of there with a 15th place finish. But that being said, when I go to the St. Lawrence River, I know that smallmouth are definitely going to be what you need to win. And I'm not even going to bring any largemouth stuff with me. It's going to be, you're going to have to spend to win out there. So compared to like Alabama Lake, you know, we say the sissy stick, the spinning rod, but up there, you, if you're going to win, you got to have a spinning rod in your hand. So just getting really comfortable with throwing a spinning rod, uh, you know, growing up on Lake Martin, throwing a drop shot a lot, the Mickey rig, that kind of stuff. Very comfortable with that. So going to definitely apply what I've learned over the years at Lake Martin up there on the St. Lawrence, but it's definitely a different fishery just because it is a river and it's clear water, current breaks and the current coming out of uh, the St. Lawrence River is, you know, up to two miles, sometimes three miles an hour, and you're doing these drifts around these, like, long, you know, rock reefs and stuff like that. A lot of different things I'm just not familiar with, but really just watching as many YouTube videos and watching as many Bassmaster shows as I can and then looking at my Navionics and Lake Master Mapping just to, you know, get an idea, Google Earth as well, just as where we're doing, just whatever tournament coverage is up there i just look at and read and see what's been taking the wind what areas have been predominantly like you know there was five guys at the top 10 were in this section of the river and everyone else is spread out like you know definitely going to focus today practice looking at like you know these high percentage areas you know just so that you can come out of there with you know a good finish and then the rest of the days of practice i really look for something kind of off the wall where i could set myself apart from you know everyone catching 20 pounds a day where you maybe got that extra five or six pounder that puts you at that you know 22 23 pounds because it's going to take some serious weight up there to to do something so why spinning rod i mean when you're when you're going up there fishing for smallmouth, and i guess this is a general question when would you put down a bait caster and pick up a spinning rod what is it the lure is it the feel yeah. is it the line yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's like even here at like if I'm fishing the Eufaula or Martin, when I pick up a spinning rod, I'm not looking for smaller fish. I'm still targeting the same size fish that I would be, you know, using a like a one and a half ounce weight and 65 pound braid. I'm targeting the same size of fish. I'm just using different presentations. And it's just like a golf club. You wouldn't use a driver to putt. So you're using just the right rod for the right application, you know. And just the smallmouth in general, a lot of them will eat smaller baits. You got to think, like here, they eat big gizzard shad, threadfin shad, bluegill, that kind of stuff. So you're using those, you know, a rod that can handle those bigger baits. And then up there, they predominantly eat gobies, yellow perch, um, and leeches and crawfish. So you just kind of have to think of it as what they're eating and the baits. So one of the predominant baits to throw there is a hair jig. So that's what I'm tying a bunch of up right now. A spy bait, something I really have gotten into throwing at Lake Martin. I love that. I was able to throw it at Champlain a bunch too, and I've caught a bunch of fish on it. And I'm starting to become one of my favorite baits for that for that situation. 
I just feel like if I can, this is kind of like something like mentality I've kind of been going to is kind of the power finesse. I'm still fishing for big ones, but I'm using more finesse baits. And now that everyone's fishing so much and all these lakes are getting a lot of pressure, that's something that, that has definitely been helping me. Like even, even back to like the flipping side of stuff, like I'll be using a smaller bait rather than throwing a big, you know, your standard beaver, you're using like a small, smaller crawl bait or something, you know, just, just the downsides, but still fishing for those big ones and fishing where those big ones live. I like it, man. That's good stuff. All right. Well, let's talk about Martin. I know you can't, you fished it this past weekend a week and, uh, what are the fish doing there right now? So there's a lot of fish in deep brush piles. I'm going anywhere from, so I've fished either super deep or super shallow. So brush pile deal, I've been fishing probably like 35 to 40 predominantly. And a lot of that has to do with just, there's a lot of boat traffic and that really just puts those fish a lot deeper and they don't want to come up as, as bad. But here in the next couple of weeks, actually it'll be more some, something more to look for like further in the summer like around august you'll have that thermocline switch a lot quicker than most people think a lot of people think it's like later in the fall when it happens but it's something that happens in august and it will push a lot of those really deep fish up to shallower places so um last year wasn't as prevalent but there was still some big bags caught but the year before that there was a lot of big bags caught on martin like 17 18 pounds of spots you know chasing blueback herring and what that happened was is, um the thermocline switch so they couldn't live in that super super deep water there wasn't as much oxygen there so they moved up to the shallower stuff which shallower on martin and you know 15 to 25 and they were just setting up on brush piles waiting for blueback herring to to do that some baits to use is just a top water bait a fluke a spoon just fishing really fast fishing really aggressively fishing a lot of brush piles and a lot of like feeding places like points drop-offs stuff like that and then the other side of it is when it's super hot and the oxygen you know levels are low in the lake um is to just run to the very backs of the creeks and stuff and really fish real shallow and that's something that i really like to do at martin um because you can catch a lot of numbers of spotted bass but you also have the chance to catch a big largemouth doing that um, and that's something that's going to be a little bit more prevalent later in the summer, just because recently we've just had a lot of rain, so it's kept the oxygen levels high in the lake. So a lot of current rolling to these places. I would just basically be either fishing super shallow or super deep. If I was fishing shallow, I would more than likely try to get as far off the lake as I can. So fishing the very backs of the creeks, way up the river, that type of stuff, or you know, stay on the lower end. You might have to fight the boat traffic a little bit more, but fishing on that lower end. Just a lot of times where the bigger spotted bass are. And then another thing we've been doing is just fishing at night. Uh, went out at night the other day um, just to beat the boat traffic a little bit, a little bit cooler, and fishing those green lights. Um, really, green lights are predominant just everywhere on the lake. Um, I believe the guy that invented them used to live on Lake Martin. So Lake Martin's probably got more green lights on it than any other lake or any place in the world, honestly. And those big spotted bass and big largemouth definitely feed at night this time of year. And, great way to catch some big fish and a lot of numbers too and doing that shaggy head drop shot and then a lot of times i'll start out throwing a crankbait first thing straight through them uh just to see if they they'll react to anything and then i'll slow down and then that's all that is so interesting one of the things out of all that you just said right there was you know when the when the water temperature warms up that you're actually moving back in the sh- sloughs and fishing shallower 
which a lot of times right. summertime fishing, we're not thinking that way. We're thinking, okay, the the warmer that water gets, the deeper the fish are going. But right. that, that's true, I guess, up to a point until that thermocline switches. Right. So that's one of the things just like fishing. There's a lot of different things that, that would make a fish want to live shallow this time of year too is like you've got the brim beds, you know, big, large mouth will hang around those brim beds. And maybe you not get a ton of bites around them, but those are those bigger fish you're at. Even all of them you follow this past week, and that's what it seemed like. You saw some fish offshore, but it seemed like those bigger ones were around those brim beds. And that you can just take that to fish any place in the south, really, right now. Brim, they're feeding on brim. They're feeding on, you know, some people can find a mayfly hatch. I haven't been found one since I've been back. I think it's a little late this year. Or a little early. It came a little earlier while I was gone up on my little northern adventure. But, you know, there's a lot of different things that the fish feed on. I feel like they feed on more of a variety of bait this time of year, too. They're pretty opportunistic. And I think if you just go into it, thinking that you can catch some fish shallow you can move deep and you don't have to do just do one thing to um, be successful this time of year i like that man well that leads into a, that leads into a, a tip of the day from you and you may have just you gave us a lot already but you know if, if somebody's coming fishing this weekend on on martin what would your tip be i would uh still run and gun to an extent especially like you know, fishing brush or if you're fishing at night, fish as many lights as you can or many brush piles as you can. But don't be afraid to slow down this time of year too, just a little bit once you do start to get a bite or two. That's what it seemed like the other day. We slowed down a little bit and started to get some more bites. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Awesome, Jake. Well, I appreciate it, man. Hey, if somebody wants to uh, book a trip with you on Martin, I know you, you've got a lot of tournaments coming up with Auburn. But uh, you're still around the house on two. If somebody wants to call and book a trip with you, how how they need to get in touch with you? Either my Instagram, Bassin Bros God, uh, on the Instagram, you can just DM me there, or you can text me or call me at two zero five four five one two eight nine five. Awesome stuff, Jake. Hey man, go up there to uh, Champlain and bring home uh, bring home a trophy, brother, and a, and, and, and a title for the uh, for yes, the Auburn Tiger. We'll be rooting for you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Always good to talk with you. Catch up with you again soon. Yes, sir. Sounds good. See ya. All right, Jake. Thanks, man. Awesome guys. Love having him on here, man. You're talking about a young guy with a lot of knowledge. He has got it, and that's the reason he does so well and finishes at the top so much. It's, it's, he he knows what he's doing. It's so impressive to hear the, these collegiate and, and high school anglers, what they've learned and, and Man, the knowledge they have compared to what I did when I was that age is a uh, night and day difference for sure. But great segment. Y'all give uh, give Jake a call. He's, uh, as you can tell, he's an awesome young man. He'd be a pleasure to be in the boat with. All right, guys, let's take another 30-second break here from some of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. If you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com, and these guys know what they're doing when it comes to managing ponds and lakes. So uh, if that's what you need, reach out to them. And brought to you by Intercoastal Safaris. 
So you're at the beach and fishing just isn't quite your thing. That's fine. Let's head one hour north of Panama City Beach and shoot some bigs. Intercoastal Safaris has night vision and all you can shoot ammo. And yep, they're shooting ARs. There's no trophy fees and no bag limits. Night vision pig hunts with AR-15s one hour north of the Emerald Coast. Head on over to intercoastalsafaris.com to find out more. All right, let's get right on to segment three with our man, Brent Crow. Brent, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good, man. You've been, uh, so how's the fishing been lately? You've been, where you been at? Mostly at Pickwick, and it's been up and down. I mean, there's been, it's been, uh, you know, a dry summer so far, so we haven't had a lot of current, but there's been days where they run current, it's been really good, and the days that they don't, it's been okay, but, um, you know, it's it's Pickwick, so there's always some fish to be caught. That's right, and we've talked about Pickwick so much on the show this year, it just seems like it has been one of the top producers of the state this year, for sure, and one of the hottest lakes, and, and uh, so like you said, yeah, even on bad days, you can still catch fish up there, well, what do the fish seem to be doing right now? Are they are there still somewhat shallow? Pretty much a lot of stuff moving out or kind of transitioning. What are they doing? Well, there's a lot of fish out, you know, on the ledges and shell beds, and there's actually still fish on the bank. I mean, the grass is in places is growing, and there's actually some fish to be caught in the grass. Um, you catch them on top or on a, on a like a swimming a big worm in the grass, and then of course on the ledges, football jigs. Big worms. I, I like a 12-inch power worm the best, but uh, yeah, I've caught some fish on 8-inch spoon even. So, so are you? Do do you kind of structure your day where I mean, do you do you fish shallow sometimes all day, or do you kind of start shallow and then go to the ledges? Most of the time, I just ledge fish in the summer. I mean, you know, all it takes is one school, and you might you can have a, a an unbelievable hour or so on a school. So. And, and you know you you wind up and ledge fishing the the seems like all the places are five miles apart so you you do a lot of running around but uh, where the ledges are there's not much grass so it's kind of like you know you got to kind of choose which which side of the bridge you're going to fish so I, most of the time I, I just ledge fish in the summertime I mean. Like I said, you got a chance to pull up on a place and catch fifteen or twenty, and, and it's a good one. So, yeah, and it seems to be what most hurt. people want to do too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when you're when you're fishing for these fish on the ledges, I, I mean, what are and you mentioned a few a while ago, but what's kind of what well, are you what kind of uh, lure and are you using? I like you know, there's it's, it, if there's not much current, you're not going to have much. You're not going to catch them on 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 moving baits much. I if there's if they run enough water, you catch them on swim bait or crank bait. But if it's not, you got to usually have to drag something. And I like to drag a big football jig with a like a chigger crawl trailer trailer. And on my as far as the worms go, I'll either throw a half ounce or. A, well, now, quarter ounce, half ounce, or three-quarter ounce shaky head. And, it's you know, you sort of have to play around with it every day. A quarter ounce, I throw on spinning rod with, like, a magnum hit worm. And then the half ounce shaky head, I throw uh, the, I guess it's a bottom hopper, which is, you know, similar to a, a magnum trick worm. And then on the three-quarter ounce, that's when I throw the 12-inch power worm. So it's, 
you know, the, the retrieve is basically the same for all of them. You're dragging it across shell beds. And if you're fishing ledges and you don't feel hard bottom, you're not going to catch one. That's the most important thing. Is you is looking for that hard bottom. Got to have hard. You're not going to catch them in the mud. Um, there's a few places where there's some stumps that you can catch them, but you still got to have hard bottom. And most places are going to be shell beds. They're, you know, the shell beds are not hard to find on the river, on the Tennessee River in any lake. So it's not that hard to find. It's just finding the right ones. So how do you know uh, when you're when you're pulling a jig or a worm, uh, dragging it along the bottom, you get in some mud or, or softer bottom, can you just, you actually can feel that? When you're dragging it through a shell bed, I don't know if you're old enough to remember or know what a washboard is. That's what it feels like. You're dragging your jig or your worm across the washboard. I mean, it's constant, you know, uh, vibration from the from the shells. And and if you're not, you just feel nothing. It's just mushy. So, you know, and that's the case. Like I said, you're, that's not what you're looking for. You've got to be dragging on the hard bottom. Yeah, I got you. What is there a certain depth on these ledges that you're looking for right now, or is it most of them are going to be eighteen to twenty five feet? I don't ever. I very rarely catch them any deeper than that. And there's some places where you might catch them in fourteen or fifteen, but the majority are eighteen to twenty five. You're not just going to go down a long mile long ledge and catch fish all the way down. If there's going to be something different, whether it's a little hump or a point, or where the ledge sticks out further, or the ledge juts in a little bit, or something. It's always something different. So, yeah, that you're looking for. You got, yeah, you, you got to spend a lot of time idling and watching your depth finder. And I mean, you'll see, you know, the way it is now. I mean, you see fish. I mean, if you find a place that that looks right, you'll see the fish on it. I mean, there are some places where you'll see schools of. I think some of them have a hundred fish in them at times. But you know, I usually don't fish if I don't see ten or fifteen at least. Right. That's good, man. Yeah. You get them scores of a hundred, you can get into some fun in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, you know, sometimes it's frustrating though, because you see them down there and they're running 14,000 and they won't, you can't get them to buy it. Now, if they're running 70,000 and you see that many, it's going to be fun. That's for sure. It's going to be fun. It's going to be all, man. Well, you up at Lake Champagne right now, right? I'm at Champlain. I got here today and so far I'm, I really enjoyed it. Well, good, man. Good. You got what tournaments up there? The Toyota Series. The Northern Division starts next week, and it's the first tournament. So I missed the Southeastern Division, the one closest to home. Uh, there was a, there was a conflict with the Bassmaster Opens that I was that I wanted to fish and did you got to fish the one at Pickwick. The Smith one, I think, was the one that was a conflict, and then it got moved and. But anyway, the the reason I'm up here is because the Toyota Championship is on Pickwick in October, and I, I desperately want to make it. The first place, like 250000 so yeah, I figured I it was, if I can come up here and qualify. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's worth it to, to try to come qualify for the championship at Pickwick. It, it'd probably uh, been any other lake, other Pickwick or Smith, I wouldn't be here, but I got to take my chances. You got to take your chances because you know if you get that on Pickwick and you qualify for it, you're going you're going to be in the you ought to be pretty confident. So that's good. I'll be confident, that's for sure. I mean, it may be, I mean, it may not happen, but I'll definitely be confident if I can get there. Well, good luck up there, man. I hope you hope you uh, have a good week next week up there. And hey, before I let you get out of here, you know I got to get a tip of the day. 
I tell you what, my tip of the day for for Pickwick lately is when they when they're not pulling a, lo- a lot of water is to downsize spinning rod, and I, that, that Berkeley Magnum hitworm is a producer, and I just I fished it basically like I do a shaggy head at Smith Lake, quarter ounce shaggy head and spinning rod, and and it'll catch fish that you know when they're not very active. Sometimes downsizing is is uh, what you need to do to catch them. Good stuff, man. That's a great tip, buddy. Well, uh, somebody wants to come get in the boat with you and book a trip. What's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, my website's NorthAlabamaBass.com, and my phone number two five six four six six nine nine six five. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, I always love having you on here. Good luck up there, brother, and uh, look forward to talking right. to you again soon. All right, you too. All right, All right guys, let's take another thirty seconds and uh, hear from one of our awesome sponsors. B&M Pole Company is the leading manufacturer of crappie poles in the world today. Their product line has evolved to include top quality gear for anglers who fish for more than panfish, including their Sam Super Salt Series designed for shallow water fishing for trout and redfish. These rods will deliver everything you need to catch these inshore fish at a great price. The genuine Portuguese cork handle feels great in your hand, and the exposed blank touch system will add unbelievable sensitivity. Stainless guys are durable and flow smoothly. Check out their whole lineup at bnmpoles.com. And brought to you by at bucksislands.com. You can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. Give them a call at 256-442-2588. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you'd like us to email it to you, we'll do that each and every week. All you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. And we'll email you that show each and every week. All right, guys, that's it for the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Look forward to talking to you again next time. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Sun South. If your to-do list requires work on the land, come see us at Sun South. We listen to your needs so you get the right equipment and the right implements at a price you can afford. For John Deere equipment sales, parts, and service, come see us at Sun South. Equipment for those that do. And brought to you by Photonis Defense, PD Pro Ultralight Ultra Compact Night Vision Systems. Simply the best in-class night vision system ever built. Contact us at PhotonisDefense.com to learn more. Photonis Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And by B&M Pole Company is more than just panfish. Check out their Sam Super Salt Series designed for shallow water fishing for trout and redfish at bnmpoles.com. And brought to you by Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. Give them a call at 256-442-2588.
And brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.